Good morning, church. Good morning. We are in Ezekiel chapter 34 this morning. If you want to turn there in your Bibles, you may. We are in the sermon series in the book of Ezekiel. Uh, we're taking a, lot, a, a look at several of the prophecies that Ezekiel make. And all these prophecies talk about God's heart for the world. And today, he uses a metaphor that would be very common in those days as he talks about sheep and shepherds. Uh, let's begin in a word of prayer, and then we'll uh, have a conversation together. Father, it's with grateful hearts uh, that we come together praying these prayers that you will be the center of this church, that, Lord, you will build this church upon who you are, allowing you, Lord, to be glorified in everything that we do and say. And we come at this time asking that uh, your word will speak boldly to our hearts and that you'll guide and lead us in this conversation. And Father, we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. In preparation for this message this morning, I had to look up information about sheep. About sheep. You know, there's a thousand different breeds of sheep worldwide. Sheep have uh, scent glands on their feet and on the front of their eyeballs. I like this picture the best. Sheep have these rectangular pupils that allow them to have a field of vision of 320 degrees. They're emotional animals, much like human beings. They can feel afraid, angry, bored, happy. Sheep can feel sad. This one I, I thought uh, the young folk might like. Shepherding is one of the oldest occupations on earth, and even through the advancement of technology, you can still find shepherds roaming pastures and tending to their flock today, whether they're in the Middle East or even here, right here in the United States. I've never met a shepherd in my life. Uh, I did a missions trip in England in 2003, and I saw sheep roaming pastures in England. But I've never met a shepherd. So the shepherd-sheep conversation, it's incredibly important as you read the Bible. Whether it's here in Ezekiel or we all love the Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not be in want, right? Or in John chapter 10, even Jesus calls his disciples sheep, saying that he is the good shepherd. We need to understand the complexity of the job and the importance of the shepherd-sheep relationship. And so this morning, as we get into this text, I want to make a few of the observations as we work through what this means for us today. And at the end, I hope that we not only understand sheep and shepherds better, but more importantly, we understand God's heart for each one of us and the role that we play in his story. So let's begin by reading the first six verses of Ezekiel chapter 34. The word of the Lord came to me, Ezekiel writes, 
Son of man, prophesy against the shepherds of Israel. Prophesy and say to them, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Woe to the shepherds of Israel who only take care of themselves. Should not shepherds take care of the flock? You eat the curds, you clothe yourselves with wool, and you slaughter the choice animals, but, but you don't take care of the flock. You've not strengthened the weak, you've not healed the sick, you've not bound the injured, you have not brought back the strays or searched for the lost. You have ruled them harshly and brutally. And so they were scattered because there was no shepherd. And when they were scattered, they became food for the wild animals. My sheep, they, they wandered all over the mountains and on every high hill. And they were scattered over the whole earth. And no one searched and no one looked for them. Ezekiel starts with this prophecy against the leaders of Israel. Our minds are maybe drawn to the picture of this, this evil and despicable shepherd who doesn't care for his sheep. He doesn't feed them, but he takes plenty of time to be fed, right? He doesn't keep them safe, but his safety is his number one concern. He doesn't help them when they get hurt, but if he got hurt, he would immediately tend to his own wounds. The shepherd is selfish and only cares about his needs, his security, his desires. And the result, as you'll see up on the screen, is that the sheep are not cared for. This is a malnourished underprotected, underserved, under, the needs aren't met. The sheep feel insecure. The sheep feel unfed. They're hungry. If you want to follow along your notes, write down that the sheep are not cared for. They're hungry, hurting, scattered. You've seen the pictures on the news where animals aren't cared for. The owners don't feed them well. They don't care when they get sick. They're malnourished shell of themselves. And I don't know about you, but my heart aches when I see those kind of pictures. Now, God is not talking about sheep and shepherd here. He's talking about the leaders of Israel who are not caring for the people of Israel. And Peter uses this metaphor when describing the relationship between the elders and the church. Because there's still this leader and person relationship that continues on post Jesus Christ. Listen as he writes in 1 Peter chapter 5. He says, to the elders among you, I appeal as a fellow elder and witness of Christ's sufferings. So you will share in the glory to be revealed. Be a shepherd of God's flock that's under your care. Watch over them. Not because you must, but because you're willing as God wants you to be. Don't pursue dishonest gain. 
but be eager to serve. Don't lord it over those entrusted to you, but be examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd appeals, appears, you will receive the crown of life, the crown of glory that will never fade away. We, everybody in here, should expect our elders to care for us. And it's a reminder to our elders that God expects you to care for the flock within the church. Elders will be held responsible for the ways that you lead. And if you follow selfish desires, you'll be judged as such. If you humbly serve as God has called you, you will be rewarded. And this right here, this passage right here is Ezekiel 34, is one that we must all remember and hold our elders to a certain standard. The leaders must be responsible. The sheep also bear a load of responsibility. If you read on in verse 17, you'll see. As for you, my flock, this is what the sovereign Lord says. I will judge between one sheep and the other, between rams and between goats. It is not enough for you to feed on the good pasture. Must you also trample the rest of your pasture with your feet? Is it not enough for you to drink clear water? Must you also muddy the rest with your feet? Must my flock feed on what you have trampled with your, and drink what you have muddied? Therefore, this is what the sovereign Lord says. See, I myself will judge between the fat sheep and the lean sheep. Because you shove the, with flank and shoulder, butting all the weak sheep with your horns until you've driven them away. Do you see the picture that God is painting for the people of Israel? It's a dog-eat-dog -dog world. I don't know if you've ever seen sheep fighting over food. I haven't. But I've seen my dogs do it. I remember when my wife and I brought uh, our puppy home, we had an older dog, Remy, five years old. He's an older dog, not super old, but old enough to know he loves his food, right? And we brought Stevie home, and we have one side of the kitchen is, is Remy's food. The other side of the kitchen is Stevie's food. And we fed them both at the same time, and Stevie kind of wandered over to Remy's food to find out what he was eating. Was it a little bit better? And I'll never forget the look in Remy's eyes. You know what happened, right? He got angry. He got aggressive. Nah, this is my food. And if Stevie doesn't finish her food fast enough, you know what Remy does, right? He goes over there and finishes her food. It's a dog-eat-dog -dog world. The bigger, the stronger are the ones that are going to get the most food. And so we get this picture from God of the people of Israel. The bigger the well-fed, those with the most resources, they're the ones that get to be fed while others starve. 
You know, it reminds me of one of Paul's biggest complaints in 1 Corinthians. We read that they were having these fellowship meals, these potluck dinners. You know, we gather together, we take bread and juice during our worship service. Everyone gets the exact same amount. It's barely anything. But evidently in the Corinthian church, they had these potluck dinners where they celebrated the Lord's Supper. But listen to what Paul says in 1 Corinthians 11. So then when you come together, it's not the Lord's Supper you eat. For when you're eating, some of you go ahead with your own private suppers. As a result, one person remains hungry, the other gets drunk. Don't you have homes to eat and drink in? Or do you despise the church of God by humiliating those who have nothing? What can I say to you? Should I praise you? Certainly not. The church is celebrating the humble sacrifice of Jesus Christ through these incredibly selfish potluck dinners. And that wasn't the way of Jesus. It's not how Jesus wants the church to be obedient wants to find ways that we can care for one another. And we need sheep who are going to watch out for other sheep. So according to Ezekiel 34, leaders ought to shepherd better, and the rest of us ought to love one another better. But that's not all that Ezekiel prophesies in these verses. Now, verses 11 through 16, which we didn't read, and verses 25 through 31, which we didn't read, contain a prophecy about the return of the Israelites to the promised land. God gives them this promise that we will read will be fulfilled in Nehemiah, will be fulfilled uh, later on. But Ezekiel 34, verse 31, is a little bit of a summary of that whole section. And let's read that together. Ezekiel, or God says through Ezekiel, You are my sheep, the sheep of my pasture, and I am your God, declares the sovereign Lord. It was King David who penned Psalm 23 that we mentioned earlier. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Ultimately, the Lord is the only one who can spiritually care for the weak and the wounded. That's what he says in these passages. He says, listen, guys, your leaders aren't doing it, so I'll do it. I'll take care of you. The Lord is the one who can spiritually feed the hungry. The Lord is the only one who can bring back the lost into the fold. God is the changer of lives, and only He can transform minds. God can be trusted. And that's the point of Ezekiel 34 that when leaders fail you, God can be trusted. When your friends and your family fail you, God can be trusted. 
God won't shepherd you like human beings, and God isn't going to love and care for you like human beings. He's going to do so much more. And so this morning, I urge you to renew your attachment to the good shepherd. God. He calls himself the shepherd. And it makes me wonder if maybe, just maybe, when Jesus calls himself the good shepherd in John chapter 10, he was thinking about Ezekiel 34. He was thinking about leaders who weren't shepherding the people. Maybe when Jesus mentions himself as the good shepherd, he was thinking about his sheep who were kind of not taking care of one another. And when he enters the scene, he kind of sets the stage for a world that's going to look so much different. A world that will have one shepherd that is Jesus Christ. A world that will love one another as Jesus loved you and me. And what does that look like? Let's read together John chapter 10, verse 14 through 15. When Jesus said, I am the good shepherd, and I know my sheep, and my sheep, they know me, just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. I can imagine the minds of the Pharisees being blown at this point as Jesus calls himself the good shepherd. As he says, I know my father, I know God, and God knows me. These Jewish men, these Pharisees, had preached on this text, I'm sure. And they knew that God alone was the good shepherd. They knew that Jesus was laying claim to God's title and God's promise. And God and Jesus promised to gather us together. God and Jesus promised to break the yoke of slavery. God and Jesus promised a day when you will no longer be harmed by the principalities of this world. And I encourage you to place your trust in that good shepherd. We are encouraged this morning as leaders to be more like Jesus, not to lord it over, not to be selfish, not to be dishonest, but to love as the good shepherd loved, to lay down our lives for one another. We're reminded as sheep not to live in this dog-eat-dog -dog world with one another, but to share, to find ways that we can encourage, to find ways that we can lift up, to find ways that we can help in times of need. And finally, we're reminded of the good shepherd who laid down his life for us. And we have three tables set up in this community. We're singing the song, How Great Thou Art, which reflects on the greatness of God displayed 
and the giving of a good shepherd who laid down his life for you and me. As you go to one of these corners, take the cup and hold. And in unity and in commonality, we will share together. Let's pray. Father, we are just so, so very grateful for your son, Jesus Christ. We're grateful that he laid down his life for us. We were lost. We had wandered away. We were weak and hurting. We were broken. We were enslaved. But through the power of your son's resurrection, you've given us new life. And for that, we say thank you. Help us to live Live in the same way your son did here on earth, loving one another and loving you as you've called us to do. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.